Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going hard, I push you to the limit. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Phillips. Yeah, yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Phillips, let's go. In this week's episode of Real Talk, again, this is audio from the live training, which I put together recently for female founders and C-suite executives who want endless energy because what do people feel they don't have enough of? My friends, it's time and it's energy. So what a better topic than this to cover when it comes to getting yourself to become the healthiest version and energized version of you. I tap into at least five common misconceptions, barriers, hurdles, problems that I see people encounter when it comes to all things energy. Because at the end of the day, business, running a business is about energy management. If you don't know how to manage, optimize, and perform, well, your business probably won't either. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, of course, leave us some love in the comments section. Be sure to connect with this on Instagram and other social media platforms and share the episode because sharing is caring, my friends. That's right. Sharing is caring. Hope you enjoy. Okay, we are live. I'm wondering if I should go live on Instagram too. Might as well whilst I'm at it. I am really excited to bring this training to you. We are discussing how female founders and C-suite executives can get a return on their investment when it comes to spending their time working on their health and well-being because let's face it no one has enough time for anything I mean we are all stretched so far and so thin that it makes working on health seem like just that extra thing to do which doesn't always seem to have the benefit we would want for it to have. So I'm here to kind of break down what is worth your time, what is not what you should be focusing on, especially to optimize performance, which is what we all want, right? Um, Let me see if I can, oh, live on Instagram. Okay, hello, let's bring it to the masses. I am going to just quickly add a title here. how to guarantee ROI when investing time into, not tone, time, health and fitness. Okay, let's do it. All right, we are connecting on Instagram using StreamYard. Has anyone used StreamYard before? This is my first time streaming onto StreamYard. We are on Facebook. We are on Facebook business page. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. I have three screens and it's not overwhelming at all. Um, Thank you for joining. Thank you for your interest and thank you for being here, person on Instagram. 
pleasure to have you here. So this training is how female founders and C-suite executives can ensure they always get a return on investment when it comes to investing in their health. Because as I mentioned, no one has time. No one has time. No one has energy. It's why they're the two big focal points of my content because people really need help when it comes to investing in these priorities. So as we know, your health is the lifeline to your business. If your health as a C-suite executive and female founder is not optimized, you cannot ensure that your business is going to be optimized either. They go hand in hand. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. So what I often see in women who belong to this demographic, women who have started their own business, mompreneurs, C-suite executives, they just think they need to do all or nothing. And it's very easy to operate in extremes. Though when you give people permission to operate in between those extremes, they tend to make a lot more progress, a lot faster. So that is something that we're going to be discussing today. I want that to be a focal point when it comes to working in your health and fitness is, am I going into this with an all or nothing approach? And typically entrepreneurs go into things and they really go all into things. And that can be a great thing, but it can also be a very limiting factor because again, if we're not operating that extreme, it can often feel as though we're not doing anything at all. So I want you to be mindful of that. That is one very common mistake I see, that all or nothing mentality. Thinking that an exercise or taking the time to work on your exercise is going to, in fact, take away from your performance is another common misconception. So very frequently I have women, you know, express their concern that they won't have the energy to do the long, arduous calls they have to do with different time zones later in the day if they train first thing in the morning. Um, and you may not prefer to train first thing in the morning. That's totally okay. Though what I've noticed is when you build the habit of training, that fuels the rest of your day. That gives you the fire to go after everything else because you've started the day on a high. You've got that hit of dopamine. You've ticked something off your list. It, in fact, leaves you feeling energized to do everything else that comes after that. So that is another common misconception and mental shift we can perhaps make is thinking it's going to take away from your energy. I would say in every case I've noticed, it in fact has provided the fuel for the CSU executives and female founders to do more. And who doesn't want to do more? Um, that's the nature of society these days, it would seem. We're all about doing more, 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 more. Though if we're not putting that into our health and well-being, we can end up feeling very depleted very quickly. And again, your health as a business owner is the lifeline to your business. Your business is only as healthy as your least healthy employee. So I think we need to remember that and factor that in. By the way, if you have any questions, just leave them in the comments wherever you are watching, viewing this from. Just let me know. I'll be happy to address any questions. Thinking that you have to always wake up super early to get your workout done. And that has to be the first thing that you do is another common misconception. Okay, so not everyone is an early bird. And if you have jet lag, it doesn't always make sense to be training first thing in the morning. It definitely, definitely, definitely does not. All too often, I think people view this as an ad in rather than something that underpins how you live. And I've said it a million times before, when health underpins the way that you live your life, 
it doesn't feel like extra work. It just kind of integrates seamlessly with the rest of your lifestyle. And that's why working with a coach such as myself can make that seamless process all the more seamless. That's why we are here. We're here to be that filter for you, to give you that guidance, to eliminate the the guessing, the questioning, the should I do this, should I do that, and just give it to you straight. Like this is what you need to focus on based on your lifestyle, based on your goal, your goals rather, based on where you're at now. So that's the beauty of having a coach. We eliminate the guesswork. You don't have time for guessing, especially if you're a business owner, especially if you're a business owner with children. Um, especially if you're a business owner and you're working across multiple time zones, you're doing 14, 15, 16 hour days. You don't have time to be trying to be a health and fitness expert in your own life in addition to everything else because you're not a health and fitness expert. I am. That's why people hire me. Okay. If you're a dentist, be good at being a dentist. If you're a lawyer, be good at being a lawyer. That's what people pay you for. You should be outsourcing the rest in order to maximize your performance in your profession so the more you can take off your own plate and dedicate to an expert in that field the more efficient the more effective you are i think that just kind of explains itself i want to go over some low hanging fruit which often people overlook but they underestimate the impact of and this is really fun being on instagram because actually it's really cool to see people watching so thank you for watching by the way we underestimate the significance of doing the small things and I say that quote unquote the small things on a regular basis because accumulated over time they really 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 add up and often that's where we want to begin most of you know some really basic things that you can do starting today which are going to have a positive influence on your health But all too often, again, we go back to that all or nothing mentality. We think, oh, but that's not super strenuous. So it's not worth it. What impact is it going to have if it doesn't feel completely overwhelming? And like, I'm going to vomit at the end of the session. And this is a really terrible, terrible approach that we've kind of gotten into our head about needing to do all or nothing at super high extremes or, you know, the opposite of that that all or nothing mentality. You don't have to do all or nothing. There are a thousand different shades of gray in between and all of them carry a level of success and progress with them too. So low hanging fruit, don't overlook them. Please, I want to emphasize the importance of doing the boring basic shit on a regular basis because it adds up and that's what keeps people going. And if that's where you're at, that's where you need to start. It doesn't make sense to try and be at someone's 12th year of training when you're at your first. You know, all too often I have people very kindly compliment my appearance, my body, my physique, my my videos, my content. And it, it's, it's nice. It's kind, don't get me wrong. But this is my 13th consecutive year of training. It's not for someone who's in their first to compare themselves to where I'm at. Um, And there's no benefit to the comparison in the first place. You know, just because I've been training for 13 years doesn't mean that I couldn't have got there sooner had I known what I know now. Someone else who's in their 13th year of training also has a different journey and different experiences, and that's totally cool. So really, I want to emphasize the boring shit will take you much further than what you think. And by the 
the boring things, what I'm referring to are things like step count, okay? And hours spent on your feet. A lot of you will have a trackable, whether it's an Apple Watch, whether it's a Garmin, whether it's a Fitbit, what have you. A lot of these trackables are able to indicate how many hours you spend standing a day. And if steps are challenging for you to get, the next best thing you want to look at are hours spent standing on your feet okay because we know that by standing you're going to naturally elevate your heart rate by 20 beats per minute and if you accumulate that over time i did in fact come across a really interesting article once to suggest that over the course of a year it is the same number of calories burnt running a marathon and that's huge if you think about how many calories you burn to run a marathon that is substantial so an extra 20 beats per minute for an hour is 1200 extra beats per minute. You are working that muscle, being your heart, to a much greater extent by being upright. Now, I want to really take a moment here to emphasize that sitting is not the devil, though I think we do too much sitting. And you should have a variety of postures to switch between during the day. It's important to be able to stand. Equally, it's as important to be able to sit and it's important to have, again, three or four different positions and postures that you can go to throughout the day. Because what's worse for the body is just being in the same position for prolonged periods of time, whether it's standing or seated or somewhere in between. So I really want you to take note of that. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't ever sit. Sitting has a time and a place, though do be mindful of it, okay? So really low hanging fruit is just get on your feet. If you have a standing desk, use it and dedicate the time to using it. If you're in meetings, if you're recording podcasts, I always record my podcast standing. I bring a different energy to the table. I'm able to move around more freely. Uh, I just feel that I'm able to present myself better to the world. Whereas when I'm seated, I'm a bit slumpy, I'm a bit mm, stagnant, circulation isn't quite as elevated. Um, again, heart rate is a bit lower. So that is my personal preference. It's a really easy way to make the heart work a little bit harder with hardly any additional effort. So stand your feet. You have two perfectly good feet, I hope. Um, and if you are, then that's lucky. If not, I'm sorry to hear that but you have two good working feet for a reason, use them. And moving on to step count. Okay, so what I'm loving are these treadmill rooms which are coming into Europe. I'm seeing not just walking mats, which people can get. I think a lot of us know about them. They go up to about seven kilometers per hour in terms of speed, which is a nice speed that you can still have a conversation but not be completely out of breath. Um, but of course, not so overwhelming that you feel as though you're about to collapse. And that's important. So walking mats are a great one, especially if you have a standing desk. I know a number of people who have effectively used those. Personally, if I'm taking a 40-minute call, I can easily hit five or 6,000 steps during that call, just walking around a room. And that's substantial because if you were to do that for 40 minutes, Every working day, if we're suggesting that there's 260 business days in a year, that's over a thousand extra kilometers a year. 
you think your body isn't going to notice that? I mean, come on, of course, of course your body is going to notice that. That is a really easy way to improve your aerobic fitness, to improve your energy, to improve your circulation, to improve your insulin sensitivity, to reduce your risk of type 2 diabetes, to just feel better. And if you can walk outdoors, then benefit of vitamin D. You get some sunlight exposure. Your body is going to appreciate the extra vitamin D. Though don't get sunburned. Skin cancer is a real thing. That is not cute. And we don't want to look like a leather handbag in our 30s. So slip, slop, slap, wear your sunscreen. And suggest taking walking meat instead of the sit-down lunch, wine, alcohol meetings, which are, okay, great, but not so healthy. Let's start having walking meetings. Get outside, get amongst nature, get some fresh air, get some vitamin D, some sunlight, and you will feel miles, miles, miles different. And again, if you can't get outside, a walking mat, walking rooms, this is, I read about this the other day, this is becoming a big thing in Europe where whole rooms are on a treadmill of sorts where people can all walk in uh, unison at a desk and still do their work. The body notices. Again, you think this doesn't make a difference. Trust me, an extra thousand kilometers of walking a year, your body, your body notices a thousand percent. Um, tend to be 25 more percent ac- uh, sorry, active when we wear trackables too. So um, I'm just looking at my notes. People who wear like garments, apples, Fitbits, et cetera, et cetera tend to be 25% more active versus those who do not. So you can't change what you don't acknowledge. If you have no idea how many steps you take a day, and if you have a quote-unquote corporate job where you're seated for prolonged periods of time, typically you'll be getting 4,000, if that. And I know people who barely get 2,500 who fall into that category. So I would say 4,000 at a stretch if that is sounding like you. And if that is you, then you want to get your steps up. And again, there are, some, there are tons of easy, easy, easy ways to do that and to achieve that. So that is something to bear in mind. Again, one 40-minute call, I easily clock an extra five to 7,000 steps. That's just one call. And I know a lot of you get a lot more calls put on your schedule than that a day. So if you have two calls, three calls, four calls, five or more, uh, of course, if you don't have to be on camera or talking too much, and if you can afford to just listen in, make the effort to get your steps in. Or what you can do is get a stationary bike. That is another good option. I know people who record their podcasts whilst cycling. Generally, I took a call actually two days ago and that was my only window to exercise I made it work what I did was I just jumped on a bike I put myself on mute when I had to speak I just slowed down my tempo and I was able to talk and hold my breath just fine so look it got me to my calorie goal for that day so my calorie goal is set at let me see 850 it meant that I reached that that day and I otherwise would not. I would have been standing taking my call. So again, like this adds up if I were to do that for 
every single Saturday that I have a call, that's 52 Saturdays a year. That's, you know, at least 400, 450 extra calories per week. You think your body doesn't notice. I mean, your body pays attention to how you treat it. Shame that you don't though. (laughs) You know, some of us have a bit of work to do in that department. It's an extra 23,400 calories a year, okay? An extra 23,400 based on one one hour call once a week where I chose to cycle instead of standing still, which wouldn't have achieved much for me. That's a huge difference, okay? Low-hanging fruit. We don't have to complicate things. We just need to do the basics and get really, really good at doing the basics. Okay, moving slightly along to another favorite topic of mine, hydration. Yes, how hydrated are you? If you're in Singapore, you are probably finding aircon not anywhere near cool enough today because it is disgustingly hot and sweaty up in here. Um, Water, okay. We know that water improves, sorry, water intake, I should say, and hydration drastically improves cognitive performance by about 20 to 25%. So there have been studies done, particularly on children who have gone to do a test at school, an academic style test. Those who were hydrated did 20 to 25% better than those who were not. So we know digestion improves due to hydration. We know that cognition improves due to hydration. Physical performance, of course, energy levels, of course, because if you improve your cognition, if you improve your digestion, of course, you're going to have better energy levels. We know that water helps to transport nutrients throughout the body. So how are you going to recover from these crazy, stressful 14-hour days where you work across three different time zones, where you spend 14, 15, 16 hours on your feet if you're dehydrated? No chance. My friends, you need water. Um, Personally, in Singapore, especially people who are active, I believe four liters needs to be the goal. My water bottle is amazing. Thank you, Deepa. I love you so sincerely for gifting me this. This bad boy is two liters when filled to the top. So for me, it's very simple. I need at least two of these. And typically I get through three because I'll usually drink one during my own training. And what you'll notice I mean, if you're listening, you won't, but if you're on video, you'll see this. I have a beautiful strap attached to the lid. It came like this, actually. That's why I chose it. Um, The strap makes a huge difference. This one I got from Japan Home, but they are stocked in a few different locations. The strap definitely allows me to drink more water. So I carry the bottle with me. That makes it harder to lose. I take it with me if I'm going out to like a social event I am the crazy girl with the with the gigantic water bowl. I'm happy to play that role because I need that water. And again, it just makes a huge difference to how you perform. So again, low-hanging fruit. Most people, I would say, are getting about two liters a day. And that is nowhere near enough when you live in a hot, humid environment. It is certainly not enough if you exercise regularly because you're going to lose that fluid through sweat. And you need to replenish that. And you need to replenish it at a rate of two to one, a ratio of two to one, which means for every liter that you lose during exercise, you need to have two to sufficiently replace that. So this is just what I see all too often. Busy executive women, female founders, they stock up on caffeine. They go for a cup of coffee, two cups of coffee, three cups of coffee, 
you know, one in the afternoon. And that's not great because caffeine has a half-life of six hours, which means half the caffeine you consume is still in you six hours after you consume it. Okay, so that could also be why you're not sleeping so well. Um, they fill up on tea, which again is, it's not terrible, but if it's going to be caffeinated, that's just more caffeine, more caffeine, more caffeine, and not actually drinking just water. And you can flavor it. Look, I know people don't love the taste of water because it's flavorless, but you can put slices of lemon, sliced cucumber, sliced strawberry in there. Um, there's even like cold water infusions available these days, and they're easy to get from the supermarket to just jazz up your water. I mean, over the course of a year, if you're going to have an extra liter a day, that's 365 more liters, and that adds up. Your body notices, your kidneys notice, your whole body, every single cell knows that you are more hydrated. So again, low-hanging fruit. It doesn't have to be complicated. And a rule that I've made for myself is if I'm going to take a sip of water, when I'm about to close the lid on my water bottle, I take one more sip. I make an effort to just have one more mouthful and that really makes it so easy for me to get through six liters a day. But again, I'm up at 4.30. I, I train two or three hours myself. Uh, I'm usually working until five, six, seven, eight p.m. in the evening. So that's why it's easy, easy for me to get six liters. But I would definitely suggest people in Singapore need four liters. That's two, obviously, of these two liter bottles. And the strap, makes it it's a game changer it makes a huge difference okay we kind of touched on this earlier sleep and it's a boring topic because who likes being asleep when you have so much to do when you have so much on your plate when there's so many emails to respond to when there's so many messages coming in all the time left right and center it's not the most fun thing to be focusing on i get it but when we're talking about improving health Recovery is a huge component to that. And we know that your lymphatic system does its job at nighttime. And the brain has a very, very similar system called the glymphatic system. And again, that works when you're sleeping. So the body gets to clean itself uh, at a deeper level when you have switched off. And I hate switching off. If you're listening to me and you're like, fuck this, I don't like sleeping. And I'm not about to get more sleep. Like, I feel you. For me, six hours is, is quite an achievement. <laughs> the next best thing we can do, however, is improve your sleep quality. And so what can we do to do that? Well, you know, we probably shouldn't be on our phones and we probably should be winding down and reading a book before bed and slowing things down. And for some of you, that's not about to happen, okay? I personally need to check my phone before I go to bed because my assistant might feedback to me that there's been a change from my schedule tomorrow. So I get it. There are some things we can do. And I want you to switch the yellow light on your phone. The night shift uh, option on iPhone, I'm not sure if there's an equivalent on other phones. Um, though you could probably get a screen protector with the yellow tint to it, that may do a similar job. I want you to turn that on and just leave it on. Like, all the time, not just at night, because even having that blue light exposure during the day is not so great for you. On a subconscious level, it's still stimulating that same part of the brain, which is going to keep you alert, keep you awake, 
keep you too engaged with technology. And what we want to do, of course, is create that level of separation where we're like, okay, it's bedtime, I'm going to wind down, I'm going to start to put my phone away, start to put my iPad and Mac away so that I can get some sleep. I have night shift on all of my devices 24-7. It maybe switches off at like 11.59 for 60 seconds and it comes straight back on. So uh, that is one very easy thing that you can do in the settings section of your device. Do that and get yourself some blue light blocking glasses while you're at it because again it's not just the screens it's the blue light that you get from actual lights itself the lighting in my apartment I changed all the bulbs except for one to a yellow light as well and that makes a huge difference when you're trying to wind down to bed naturally you'll find yourself starting to get a lot sleepier and feeling more prepared to switch off and I need all the encouragement in the world so that is a simple switch you can do next time your light bulb needs changing opt for a yellow like a warm light instead of those horrible white stark surgical room lights we don't like them they're not friends with us okay they can't sit with us that is a very 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 simple strategy to prepare yourself and prime yourself for sleep um I mentioned the blue blocking glasses. I like to keep a set with me to start wearing in the evening at work as well as a pair at home. So the moment I get home, that is one of the very first things that I do. I put my blue light blocking glasses on and after dinner, I start to dim the lights. So I'll opt to put the lamps on instead of having the big overhead lights on. Again, dimming the lights cues the brain to like slow down, start to prepare for bed, chill the fuck out, <laughs> take your nighttime supplements, take your magnesium, whilst you're on the topic of sleep, magnesium, bisglycinate, bisglycinate, however you want to pronounce it, is a total game changer, my friends. And again, if you're not about to get more sleep duration, you can improve your sleep quality by taking magnesium. That is a huge, huge, huge one. Do, again, make sure you select for the bisglycinate, bisglycinate, or at least a glycinated version. The citrate, not so great. The oxide, not so great. Causes a lot of stomach upset um, and sometimes indigestion. It can be a bit too aggressive on the stomach. So if you find your stomach doesn't do so well after magnesium, can you please just check the form and the variety? I personally like Proteus brand, which is a Singapore company. They're now shipping to Hong Kong, I believe Malaysia as well. And they're the top, 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 top magnesium supplement that I recommend to all my clients. They all love it. Within three days, they have all noticed a difference and they, they just rave about it. So sleep. Yes, Elena. Yes, I'll send it to you. Just send me a DM, please, just so I make sure I follow up and I don't lose this question but proteus p-r-o-t-e-u-s it's a singapore company uh look for the magnesium bisglycinate or bisglycinate i think there's two pronunciations that one is my go-to i'll send you the link i'll send you a discount code um if you're listening the discount code is laura only l-a-u-r-a O-N-L-Y, you should get a sweet treat at the checkout when you use that. But honestly, their products, this is not obviously sponsored by them, but I'm always happy to shout out products and companies that I stand by and that I enjoy using. 
Proteus do great products, just in general. Everything that I've tried, and I've tried a lot, they send me some samples and I'm very spoiled by them. Uh, all of their products are, are excellent and top-notch. So yeah, send me a DM if you have any other questions, um, but Proteus is my go-to. So that can make a huge difference. And magnesium also is an electrolyte, which I've touched on in previous trainings, but I haven't touched on yet. An electrolyte essentially helps draw the moisture into the cell, okay? It draws the hydration into the cell, which makes it usable for the body because hydration is not just how much water you consume, although that's hugely important. It is how much the cell can actually utilize. I did a great podcast on this with uh, Ahmed Ida, who's a clinical nutritionist. If you want the link to that, just send me a note, send me a DM, send me a smoke signal, I'll find you somehow. And we'll make sure we get that episode to you. So again, when it comes to hydration, which is critical for your health and performance, we really want to make sure we are hydrated, factoring in electrolytes such as magnesium, sodium, potassium, calcium being the main ones. Um, so magnesium is another great supplement for that reason. I recommend it to every single person I train because it's a very common deficiency as well. Speaking of deficiencies, can we talk about sunlight, please? <laughs> now, I know a lot of you will be listening to this and watching this from Singapore. You would think Singapore being so sunny and bright all the time. Um, of course, it's stormy as well. But when it's not stormy, it is very, very bright that we would all have sufficient vitamin D. It, I believe it's the most common deficiency, which may shock you to hear. And it's easy to understand if you wake up super early before the sun rises and the sun doesn't rise until 7 a.m. in Singapore, that's quite late. If you travel underground via the MRT, the train station, if you are wearing long sleeves and trousers because you're working in an office, which is heavily air conditioned and freezing cold, if you are um, at least partially or mostly covered like I'm wearing full-length tights right now so a large portion of my body is actually covered um, then you are mitigating your vitamin d absorption essentially so vitamin d the synthesis of that starts to occur when the sunlight touches the skin makes contact with the skin so it's super important that if you live in an environment where it's cold and dark for long hours of the winter, um, if you travel underground, if you're covered for a large portion of the day for your profession, that we are being proactive and getting sunlight. So you may want to switch your chair, your desk with a colleague. If it's hot desking, you may want to opt for a window seat and sitting there at least in the early hours of the day. Of course, we don't want to get sunburned. And no, it's not cute to look like a leather handbag when you're in your 30s or in your 40s. So do make sure you apply sunscreen to your face, um, the back of your hands as well as your decolletage, okay, because they are the first parts of the body to show signs of aging. Outside of that, however, we do want to make sure that we are getting some sunshine. And again, this is an easy one to do if you are taking walking meetings outside, okay? So this is critical. Every single cell in your body has a receptor for vitamin D and actually it's a hormone and the body really 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 needs it for the production of hormone well for other hormones okay so it gets converted into things like um pregnenolone which then gets converted into um progesterone and then cortisol and adrenaline and you know 
we need that because if you are constantly chasing the, if you're constantly on the hamster wheel and you're just chasing one achievement after the next, you're just one hit of dopamine after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next, it's easy to end up with very low cortisol levels. Okay. So anything to support the production of those hormones, such as sunshine, is going to be super beneficial. It is a very, very, very easy uh, supplement to take, by the way. Very, very safe to supplement in high doses. Typically, the suggestion being 1,000 to 2,000 individual units per day and something you should be testing in blood work. It's a fairly routine biomarker that we test in blood work and you'll be able to see what that returns um, on your annual health check. So if you're looking a little low, often your GP will recommend you a high dose, extra high strength, once a week a capsule, which typically comes in the form of 50,000 individual units. That is an easy once a week um, supplement. You'll notice improvements in mood, uh, improvements in cognition, improvements in um, digestion. It, it's just every single part of you will feel just that bit better for taking vitamin D or at least for supplementing if you know that you are low in vitamin D. Easy to test on blood work. Talking about blood work, can we talk about what a lot of people are deficient in and they also have absolutely no clue that they're deficient in is ferritin. And I've talked ad nauseum about ferritin, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on because more people need to know about it and it's been completely life-changing for me to find this out. Ferritin is stored iron. This does not get tested in routine blood work. Serum iron gets tested in blood work. Serum iron is hardly helpful as a standalone measurement because it's very heavily influenced by what you consume 24 to 48 hours before your blood test. So for example, if I were to eat a big juicy steak today and have my blood taken tomorrow, my serum iron is going to look healthy and maybe even slightly elevated because of that, because steak is high in iron. Okay, that's that's a good thing. The trickier part is understanding what our stored iron is. So there's circulating iron and then there's stored iron. And we want to know what that is because again, it doesn't get tested in routine blood work. Most of the time, people have symptoms for five to 10 years before they find out that something's wrong. And if left untreated for long enough, it starts to look a lot like hypothyroidism. So that's where things like we experience hair fall, we experience brittleness of nails, we feel sluggish, very out of breath, very labored in very mundane day-to-day activity. Like everything just feels harder to do. Um, again, the shortness of breath. So you might just think that you're really aerobically unfit. However, your ferritin could be completely off. And personally, my level was at 38 when I was tested. 30 is considered anemic, so it's almost anemic. Um, I've since had an infusion back in December. My strength gains have increased tremendously. My performance in the gym has improved that week. My energy is tremendously improved. I did an awesome episode with Dr. Diraj from the Integrative Health uh, Institute of Singapore. Um, sorry, I was trying to recall the name because it used to be called Iron Sweets, but I believe they're now 
calling themselves the Integrative Health Medical Institute. Let me just look that up for you. If you want a copy of that podcast, just leave me a DM. If you're on Instagram, shoot me a comment in the comment section if you're watching this elsewhere and just let me know. I'll send you the direct link and get that over to you. It is definitely worth listening to because 30% of the women they see are low in iron. And that's too many women. That's too many people for me. That's too, that's too high of a percentage. Uh, the Integrated Medical Center, my apologies, that is the name. They're in Valley Point um, in one of those office towers there. So please do reach out to them, connect with them, and have your ferritin tested. It's dead easy to have that tested. Honestly, if you're going to have a blood test anyway, just ask for ferritin to be added. Um, we start to see symptoms from 80 and below. That's important to understand. And we want, ideally, levels to be as close to 100 as possible. The risk factors for low ferritin often include surgery, multiple surgery, including um, having given birth, whether that's, you know, quote unquote, naturally or vaginally or by a cesarean. That is routine blood work. If you give a lot of blood, donate a lot of blood. Um, or have a lot of blood work done on a regular basis. They are risk factors for low ferritin. If you do not eat red meat, it's not going to help. Again, that can be another risk factor for low ferritin. If you're very active, again, um, and if you run. So what Dr. Duraj said to me was that the heel strike in running breaks down um, iron. It kind of accelerates the breakdown of iron in the body, if that makes sense. So that's all worth knowing and it could explain undue fatigue if you're like why am i tired all the time if i wake up and i've had seven eight hours of sleep and i've had really good quality sleep and i still feel tired i still feel foggy in the mind and i just can't get my brain into gear chances are it's not just you chances are there's a very good reason why it's not just the sleep it's not just the sleep quality it's probably some mineral or vitamin deficiency and a very 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 common one is ferritin that is worth knowing about that is worth your time in getting tested and a lot of companies even have on-site health checks and health tests so that you don't have to be further inconvenienced by traveling to a clinic and again we don't do a great job of picking up on these things often we have symptoms five to ten years before we even notice that is too long to be suffering, my friends. That is too long to be missing on life. It's too long to be having suboptimal energy levels. And we, we don't have time for that. So have that tested. While you're at it, uh, another great thing worth doing is testing not just your hormones and thyroid, but your antibodies. Because we run the risk of not diagnosing autoimmune conditions such as Hashimoto's thyroiditis if we don't look at the antibodies so a lot of times we'll look at thyroid everything checks out fine we can look at hormone levels everything can check out fine if we're missing the piece of the antibodies we run again that risk of just not detecting things such as underactive thyroid autoimmune conditions and again you might have these conditions of uh, sorry symptoms of feeling sluggish feeling like you just can't spring out of bed even after a good night's sleep feeling like you have very little motivation when maybe perhaps you used to or ordinarily would. And the reason for that is, is not just because you're sick of dealing with incompetent people who are incredibly draining. It's because 
your your hormones, your thyroid markers are out of whack and are in fact attacking themselves. When your thyroid is attacking itself, of course that's going to be draining. Okay, so it's another condition which can go very heavily undiagnosed and unnoticed. So I want you to make sure in your next blood work that you're also looking at antibodies, not just hormones, not just thyroid, but also antibodies. Looking at my notes, we've checked off vitamin D, we've checked off magnesium. Okay, just some more, a little bit more miscellaneous tips when it comes to getting a return on your time when it comes to investing in your health. Look, I am really grateful for 24-hour gyms and having global 24-hour gym memberships, uh, especially for those who travel often, those who travel far, those who travel wide, those who travel frequently. It's just such a game changer because who knows when you're going to be jet lagged and with your brain super alert at a really peculiar time. It's a really great way to help bring your body back into those natural circadian rhythms, to realign with the new time zone, to feel energized when you're up at three o'clock in the morning and you know you're going to be going until eight or nine o'clock at night with back-to-back meetings and tons of presentations. Having access to a gym, which you may not have in a hotel, the hotel gym may not be accessible before a certain hour, perhaps 6 a.m., um, they may not have the best variety of equipment. Look, it's just going to make such a difference to know that you are have been close to a gym that you can access anytime, anywhere. So that would be one of my top suggestions is find a gym that you can always access no matter where you are, no matter what time of the day it is. Get yourself there, especially if you're up because of jet lag. Go move your body, change your state, Um, get that energy moving, get the blood circulating. Great for preventing deep vein thrombosis, of course. So we know that circulation is compromised on flights. One of the best things you can do in preparation of a flight and in the 24 hours after is to get the blood moving at a faster rate. How do we do that? Of course, exercise. Okay. If you can walk to the gym, even greater. If you can walk back, amazing. By the time you get there, you're already warmed up and ready for the day. So that's another uh, top tip of mine. One more thing I want to touch on, which is protein. Yeah, when it comes to eating out, which a lot of people do, especially if you have a lot of networking events, if, especially if you are at uh, workshops, if you're on panels, if you are presenting, you don't always have the greatest input with regards to what you're eating. Uh, lunch, dinners, lunch, uh, sorry, lunch dinners, that doesn't make sense. Networking dinners, business dinners, business lunches, business breakfasts. There's always a meal to be invited to and that I'm sure you are wanting to be presented at. The best thing you can do is just prioritize protein intake. Honestly, it's going to keep you feeling fuller for longer because it runs further down the digestive tract before it gets broken up. So that is one big, big, big piece to prioritize and focus on is going to be getting that protein intake high, okay? So looking at all of the options, considering all the options, if you can look at the menu in advance, and I do this with my clients, I will look at the menu of where they'll be eating and making suggestions based off of that. I'm always looking at the, the cleanest and leanest, which I don't love those terms, by the way, but the cleanest source of protein followed by vegetables. Why? 
fiber. Most people are probably getting a third to 50% of the daily recommended intake of fiber. Fiber is filling. Again, it kind of is a really nice way to just clean the digestive tract, for lack of a better word. And we want that because most women in these positions do not have enough time to eat properly. They're massively under eating. Okay. So if I could make one suggestion or two suggestions with regards to what they do focus their attention on consuming, it's going to be protein and fiber. Protein too is going to help us to keep as much lean muscle mass as possible. And we know as we age, biology is a bit of a bitch, isn't it? But women, when we get to our late 30s, naturally our testosterone levels are going to start to decline. What comes with that is a natural decline in muscle mass if we are not working in building and keeping the muscle mass we have. So that's the caveat, okay? Yes, you will start to lose muscle mass anyway as you age. That's to be expected. However, there is a ton we can do to mitigate that if we are proactive in doing so. And, you know, a lot of people aren't proactive. So there's that. What comes with decline in muscle mass is a decline in metabolic rate. So for those who feel like their metabolism is starting to slow down, first of all, ask yourself how much wine and cheese are you consuming on a daily or weekly basis because that's not going to help. Second of all, ask yourself how much protein you're consuming on a daily basis. My go-to suggestion for people who want to tone up and lean out and create a little bit more definition um, sculpt their muscles. I don't know what that means, but essentially my, my recommendation is 1.5 grams per kilo of what you weigh a day. So for someone weighing 60 kilograms, that's going to be 90 grams of protein per day, not 90 grams of chicken breast because 90 grams of chicken breast is only going to get you about 27 grams of protein. Okay. So it's 90 grams of actual protein. That's what you have to understand here. Um, so protein is going to help you to keep the muscle that you have, which is so hard to keep. And it's going to help you to build and repair muscle for those of you who are proactive in training and working out and lifting heavy shit, which again, if you were to prioritize some form of exercise for female fantasies, for executives, it's not Pilates, it's not running, it's not yoga, it's lifting heavy shit. Why? The benefits to your bone health and your muscle mass are far, 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 far higher than that of doing something such as yoga and Pilates and running, which is not going to build muscle beyond a certain point. Um, certainly not going to help you keep muscle mass. Uh, and certainly not to the extent that lifting weights will. So Kate is going to hate, but that's just science for you. Um, they are my top tips, guys. Look, that has been a hoot thank you for everyone on instagram who joined us we had a really good turnout um if this is sounding like something that you want to address in your own life something that you want to work on and get some clarity on again there's so much information and misinformation out there with regards to how to approach eating and how to approach exercise and how to fit all of this in with your crazy busy lifestyle like, I get that. I work the same hours. I'm up at 4.30 in the morning and I'm in bed sometimes by 9.30 at night. And often I'm training 8, 10, 12 amazing women and torturing myself and making as much effort as I can to get in my, my 120 odd grams of protein per day. 
like I get it. It's not easy. There's a lot to balance. That's where having a coach makes all the difference. A coach tells you what to focus on when we're going to work at your pace, at your speed. We're going to integrate things into your life so that it doesn't feel as though it's being added in instead of just how you approach day-to-day life. When it's your lifestyle, it feels easy, doable, seamless. When it feels like an add-in and add on top of, it feels as though you're stretching yourself even further and thinner. And that doesn't help anyone, especially not you. So uh, if this resonates with you, if you feel like, oh my God, I need this. I don't know where to get started. This is completely overwhelming. This is too much to make sense of by myself. I need someone to tell me what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Like that's exactly what I specialize in. That's my bread and butter. So I want you to leave me a comment. If you're on Instagram, I want you to go straight to my DMs right now. Send me a message saying details and I will follow up and send you more details with regards to how we can work together. Um, There's a link to an application form in my bio on Instagram as well. So you can definitely go there. Uh, My handle is at team Laura Phillips. Phillips is P-H-I-L-L. IPS. If you are watching from Facebook, same deal. You can click on my application link in my bio from my personal Facebook uh, page. Uh, Same with, I'm just looking at all the platforms that are connected here. Same with Twitter, same with my Facebook business page. Okay, so the same application page is linked on all accounts. If you're on Instagram, you can shoot me a DM and let's take the conversation offline and get you started and moving in the direction of your goals because I get it. It's a lot to integrate. It's a lot to manage. This is my 13th consecutive year of training. I've been in this industry for 15 years, but I've always had an interest in health. So I'm just a little further ahead in this journey than where a lot of people want to be. And I know what works. I know what strategies can get you to that next level so that your business can perform at an even higher level and higher standard than what it is today. And of course, that is dependent on your health. Your business can only operate um, and can only be as healthy as its least healthy employee. So if you are the least healthy employee in your business, that is something that you need to work on in order to take it further. And I'm here to help with that. So don't be a stranger. Do reach out. Again, I appreciate you watching and any questions, anything you want to follow up with me on, just connect with the application page in my Facebook personal page as well as my Facebook business page, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. My name is Laura Phillips on LinkedIn. This is going to go onto LinkedIn at some point. And again, on Instagram, it's at team Laura Phillips. Um, guys, thank you for joining. Enjoy the rest of your beautiful Monday. And let's, let's take this conversation offline and get you moving in the direction of your goals. Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and that are going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review. Before you forget, I know you're busy. i got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well because you might just like what you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.